hope you all can hear me out there. Good. Hope you all don't feel like I'm yelling at you, but I want them to be able to hear me. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm Brian Nystrom. I'm a priest on staff at St. John's Episcopal Church in town, and we have the honor and the responsibility and the joy of curating this little chapel in the park. Um, and it's my great pleasure to be with you, and I'm so grateful that you all are here today. So this time of year in the Episcopal Church is called Ordinary Time, which is a little odd to me because it seems like this is the most extraordinary time <laughs> of the year, the time when all of God's creation is just so abundantly present and full um, especially here in Jackson Hole and in other places in the Northern Hemisphere too. Um, the reason that we call this time of the year ordinary time is simply because we number the Sundays between, Trinity, uh, between the Ascension and Advent. So we number these Sundays and uh, ordinal numbers or counting numbers. So that's why it's called ordinary time. The interesting thing is this time of year during during this longest period of our church year is the time that we really concentrate and focus on Jesus's life and Jesus's teachings. To me it's the time of year when we fill in that blank that is left in the creed. Born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. This, the creed leaves out the bulk of Jesus' life and the bulk of Jesus' teaching. And so that's why I particularly love this time of year. We get to hear parables and stories. And um, today we have a very interesting story, don't we? It's a story that you probably have heard plenty of times. Um, it's the story, well, it's called the story of Mary and Martha. wonder how this story sits with a lot of you women in the room today. Um, I have often, I've preached on this several times, and I've often wished that it were a woman up here preaching about it, because, let's face it, it's, it's about two sisters and their relationships with one another. Um, last week, we heard the story of the Good Samaritan, which is the story of of how do we relate to people in the world outside of our own tribes? How do we, who is our neighbor, is the great question that's asked and answered in that parable. parable. This week, we're in a much more intimate and close relationship within a family. And it, it kind of points to the tensions that seem to sort of naturally arise in, even in these close, loving systems, if you will. So Jesus is, and his friends, his followers, are traveling <laughs> to find a place that doesn't... Anyway, Jesus and his friends and followers are traveling yet again. 
They're always on the move. They never sit still. Jesus, Jesus never seemed to sit still um, for long. Um, they're traveling and they come to the home of a woman named Martha. And she invites them into her home. And then she goes about her business of doing everything that's necessary to extend gracious hospitality to Jesus and his followers. I, I don't know exactly what she was doing, but I can kind of imagine it. She was getting busy. She was preparing food. She was making sure everyone was comfortable. Everybody had a place to sit. That, that everybody felt welcome in her home. Mary, on the other hand, was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And this kind of got under Martha's skin a little bit, right? And she goes to Jesus and she says, Hey, Jesus, I'm busy as heck over here making sure you all are comfortable. And she's, my sister Mary is sitting at your feet. Why don't you tell her to get up off of her rear end and lend a hand and help me here? And Jesus says, I want to get it right. I don't want to paraphrase this. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So the way this is, thank you, Patricia. The way this is usually interpreted is, let's all be like Mary. Let's not be Martha. Let's be Mary. I want to push back against that interpretation a little bit today. Um, and in fact, I want to push back against Jesus very gently, don't worry, very gently today. Um, and I think that that would be okay with Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus wants us to know, to learn things, and to question things. Um, but I kind of want to go, really, Jesus? Martha's only doing what her culture has taught her to do, which is to extend hospitality. And she's only doing probably not just what she feels like she has to do, but what she wants to do to make you all comfortable here. My friend Flo's son graduated from high school this year, and she threw a big party for him. And in fact, he didn't even get to walk um, at, at the uh, commencement for various reasons. wasn't his fault. Um, so she, she got a cap and a gown, and she set up chairs, and he got to walk up, and somebody handed him his diploma, and they made speeches. And she had a little mini commencement ceremony for him which was beautiful. Um, and I watched her for about two weeks prior to that, getting ready for that. Took a lot of work. She was really busy. And at one point, I wanted to say to her, I didn't, 
But I wanted to say to her, look, why don't you just slow down a little bit here? Have you ever told somebody calm down when they're in the middle of busyness? It not only doesn't work, it's not helpful. It can be harmful, right? She threw a beautiful party, and I watched the busyness and, and all of the genuine activity it took to make that happen. And I think Martha might have been kind of in a similar, a similar place. Um, you know, I would, I would love to hear a woman preach about this because I think women in our culture, just like in Jesus's culture, are under this set of expectations especially a, a woman who's the head of a household, um, to make sure that everything is in place and everything is just right. And often that is done out of love, not out of necessity. But there's a certain pressure that comes with being a woman, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that men are not uh, prone to. And so, you know, I just wanted to ask, ask us all, especially we men in this room, to be mindful of that and to, you know, to respect and honor what it takes to keep a household running, keep a family in a Martha world, right? Busyness is not only promoted and accepted, it is rewarded. I came from the construction industry before I became a priest, and when I met people that I hadn't seen for a while, the question was always the same. Can you guess what it was? Are you busy? And the answer? Oh yeah, yeah, real busy, always busy. Um, people still ask me that question today, and I do my best to remember to say, no, not really. <laughs> no, not really, just busy enough, just tending to, tending to what needs to be tended to. And I think often people think, oh, well, you're not busy, are you earning your living? <laughs> Right? So we live in this culture that, that promotes busyness. And, and for me, the, the real message in this reading is that line about Martha is distracted by many things. Not just Martha is busy doing many things, but Martha is distracted. And it's so easy for us to all become distracted these days. The pace of life, the demands that are put upon us, we can lose track, lose sight of that one big thing that Jesus is referring to that Mary knows. And I think that that one big thing that Jesus is talking about, because he talks about it all through his life and he demonstrates it all through his life, is that you are loved. That God loves you unconditionally, 
no matter what, and that this can be the pole star of your life. This can be true north in your life, even amidst the busyness, even amidst the distractions, we can come back to ourselves and live in that peace and live in that love that is God's love for us. Petria's already heard this sermon once before, and between the services, she said, you know what that made me think about was mindfulness. And I totally agree. Um, because when we come back to ourselves, to our true selves, not to our busy, distracted selves, but the true self, which is the God that lives within each one of us, when we come back to that, we can find a still point. We can know that we are loved. We can know that this whole creation, including us, is the direct result of God's action in the world. So that's our challenge today, I think. That's our, that's our hope, right? Is that even in the midst of busy, distractive lives, we can come back to the love that is God, to the love that lives within each of us. This morning, of course, what could be more distracted than this, right? But this morning, I got in my inbox a beautiful prayer that Richard Rohr, I don't know if any of you know who Richard Rohr is. He's a Catholic mystic and theologian. Uh, he sends out an email every morning, and I'm happy that I read this email because I'd like to read this prayer to you in closing my sermon here. Um, it's a writing by a Jewish mystic named Eddie Hillison. And it's a prayer. So let us pray. You have made me so rich, oh God. Please let me share out your beauty with open hands. My life has become an uninterrupted dialogue with you, oh God. One great dialogue. Sometimes when I stand in some corner of the camp, my feet planted on your earth, my eyes raised toward your heaven, tears sometimes run down my face, tears of deep emotion and gratitude. At night, too, when I lie in my bed and rest in you, O oh God, tears of gratitude run down my face, and that is my prayer. I have been terribly tired for several days, but that too will pass. Things come and go in a deeper rhythm, and people must be taught to listen. It is the most important thing we have to learn in this life. I am not challenging you, O oh God. My life is one great dialogue with you. I may never become the great artist I would really like to be, but I am already securing you, God. Sometimes I try my hand at many things, but I always end up with just one single word, God, and that says everything, and there is no need for anything more. All my creative powers are translated 
into inner dialogues with you. The beat of my heart has grown deeper, more active, and yet more peaceful. And it is as if I were all the time storing up inner riches. Amen. Amen. So that's our challenge, isn't it? For our hearts to grow deeper and more active, deeper and more peaceful, even in the middle of all the activity 